0: Hey guys, welcome back to Late Night Murder. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Nicole. I'm Chase. We're so glad you're joining us this week as we head to the land down under and talk about the Morehouse murders. We just want to thank you all for the reviews, and they really mean the world to us. We love them. If you haven't reviewed the show yet, please do so. It helps us climb up the charts and helps us bring more content to y'all's ears. So thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: The stars are for them, and the words are for us. Give us them five stars.
0: What? And if you guys already have rated and reviewed the show, and you want to support us even further head on over to patreon where we post exclusive content for you guys
1: we are chalking up those bonus episodes we have quite a few now
0: we do i think we just released the fifth episode on yeah
1: there. i think we're up to five episodes now so if you join you get all of those and the new ones when they come out
0: trigger warning this episode contains descriptions of kidnapping sexual assault and murder We're going to start talking about a man named David Burney.
1: David Burney.
0: David Burney. Okay. David John Burney was born on February 16th, 1951, and was the eldest of five children. He grew up in the semi-rural suburb of Wattle Grove in Western Australia. Okay. David's family would be described as being dysfunctional, to say the least. Okay. Rumors about the Bernie family included alcoholism, promiscuity, and even incest. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: David's father was a shorter man with an unattractive appearance, and that's literally all I could find about his father.
1: Okay. They just described him as being unattractive, huh?
0: He was just short and ugly.
1: Good God. That's... Okay. Shit. Yeah. I don't know. That's rude.
0: Right? <laughs> Uh, David's mother was known as being a very coarse woman who had attributes such as using profanities excessively and also would offer sexual favors to taxi drivers to cover her cab fare. What
1: the fuck is going on?
0: I remember this is the 1950s, so profanity was less common than it is now. Okay. Because I was like, why? why?" Who
1: is describing these people?
0: Uh, fellow churchgoers.
1: Oh, so they went to church at least. They did. This, when, all right,
0: when David's parents apply, like went to the pastor of the church and was like, Hey, we want to get married. The pastor was like, Nothing good will come from this, but okay.
1: Wow, all yeah. right,
0: David's friends from childhood remember the Bernie house being as unkempt, and the parents never cooked for the children, let alone the family actually having any meals together.
1: Okay, it was just a this really sounds like a bunch of chaos,
0: yeah. Like, dysfunctional to say the least.
1: Okay. I'm going to be honest, the way you were describing them, it, it doesn't sound like they'd have a nice clean house and yeah, have, have dinner every night or anything. Yeah, so. no,
0: they did not sit down at the dining room table. Mom slaved over the oven all day, making a pot roast for dad when he got home. None of that existed. Okay. In the early 1960s, the Bernies decided to move to another suburb in Perth, which is Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Where David would meet a Katherine Harrison through f- mutual friends, just in school. Okay. Uh, they would date later on, but we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. When asked to recall how it was growing up, one of David's brothers would state that David was definitely the most unruly one of them all. Okay. He stated that if David didn't have sex every night, he would go, quote unquote, mad. Oh, yeah, it's taking a turn. Real quick, real sharp. Okay. He also recalled that once, after a couple nights of going without, David came to him as his younger brother and said, Will you have sex with me?
1: What the fuck is going on here?
0: Yeah. No, the the rumors of incest were not unfounded.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's really weird.
0: Yeah. So when his brother declined... He actually woke up later that night to David in his bed trying to get it on with him.
1: We're really hitting the ground running here. Like, this is w- already so strange.
0: Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. By the time David was 15, he had dropped out of high school to become an apprentice jockey at a local race course.
1: An apprentice jockey? Mm-hmm. All this stuff you're saying just sounds made up.
0: I know. It's real. Isn't crazy things supposed to happen in Australia? Like, that's not... I mean, this well, is definitely... Got... Way too crazy, but...
1: Yeah, they got crazy animals there. Aren't they, like, Florida? Big-ass spiders and shit. I don't know. I don't know much about Australia. I've never been there. We should go. We should go.
0: Minus the spiders and the fighting kangaroos. Yeah. If I can skip those two things, I think I'd be okay. Yeah. Koalas are cute. Yeah. So he dropped out to be a jockey. Yeah. One of the guys who sit on the horses and race them.
1: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why I was so confused because I never even considered that as a career path for myself.
0: Well, David was really small and like had a small frame and was really tiny and lanky. It's actually one of the reasons he dropped out of school is he was getting bullied so much for his size.
1: Okay. So he says, you know what? I'm I'm going to be a, a jockey yep. then. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: During David's time as an apprentice... He actually harmed the horses at the track and began a habit of exhibitionism off the track.
1: Okay. What does that mean exactly?
0: So exhibitionism is when a person experiences sexual excitation from the fantasy of being observed naked or engaging in sexual acts. Like it's like when you get caught being naked or caught doing something.
1: Okay. But when you said he's abusing the horses, like, what do you mean?
0: He would just, like, physically beat them if they weren't So these are unrelated. Those are unrelated, yes. Okay. It's just all happening when he's 15. Like, as he's an apprentice jockey, he's A, beating the horses, and B, getting naked and getting caught.
1: This is so strange.
0: He's a strange guy. Okay. So due to David starting to be an exhibitionist, Mm -hmm. like, wanting to be caught naked by random people... He actually broke into the room of an elderly woman that shared the place he was living. Like, he was living at a boarding house
2: mm-hmm.
0: where a bunch of different people... It's like an apartment, pretty much, okay. except instead of having a whole apartment, you have like a room in the common house. Okay. You, like, share a house. It's like roommates, but with strangers. Okay. Shared this boarding house with this woman, elderly woman, and he breaks into her room one night
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and... She awakens to him breaking in, and he was reportedly naked with stockings over his head and attempted to commit his first rape. Luckily, he was unsuccessful.
1: Good God. Yeah. Okay. I know. I don't know.
0: It's just a lot, and there's a bunch of pieces that are very strange, and it will all form to create adult David Burney. And... I don't
1: think I want that.
0: Oh, we're going to get it. A...
1: Uh...
0: Yeah, so by the time David had grown into an adolescent, he had been convicted of several crimes and was in and out of prison for misdemeanors as well as felonies. Okay. If you can imagine what we know of his track record, nothing else was surprising.
1: I'm guessing these were of some sort of weird sexual nature. Yes, a He's lot of He's not out are. here robbing banks or something.
0: Well, he did do burglaries, but he wasn't like going to a bank you're You're right about that.
1: Yeah, he was probably naked while he did it.
0: Probably. I didn't find too many details going into those crimes of his.
1: Okay. So So the guy's a weirdo. We've established this.
0: He's like a very weird weirdo. Not a good weirdo. Yeah. As David became an adult, he became a sex and pornography addict as well as started to practice paraphilia. What is that? Paraphilia is the experience of intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or individuals. This is paraphilia is like when you have those rape fantasies and like hurting someone, not in a,
1: not in a consensual way. That word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So even with all of this, David actually marries his first wife in his early twenties. He gets a wife. Okay. Someone marries this man.
1: Well, maybe he's good at hiding it around her.
0: He could be. The couple even had a daughter named Tanya around this time.
1: No, he he had a kid too. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: So we're gonna put a peg in David and we're gonna backtrack a little and talk more about Katherine Harrison. Catherine Marie Harrison was born on May twenty third, nineteen fifty one, so the same year as David. All right. She's about three ish months younger than him. Okay when Catherine was only two years old her mother died from a complication during the birth of her brother who would die two days later
1: oh shit yeah
0: so she not only lost her mom at two she lost her brother at two also
1: damn
0: yeah unable to raise her Catherine's father sent her to live with her maternal grandparents so her mom's parents Okay. Everything was going fine. However, when she was just 10, a custodial dispute resulted in her father regaining sole custody of Catherine. I tried to find what this custodial dispute was about, like what it was stemming from, but I couldn't find anything.
2: Huh.
1: Did it sound like it was because her dad wanted her back or because the grandparents also did not... I couldn't... Could not take care of her?
0: I couldn't find Couldn't either. find anything. Yeah, either way. I just could find... There was a dispute, and her father ended up with custody of her. Okay. When Catherine was just 12, she meets David Burney through mutual friends, like we had talked about.
1: Wow, okay, so they've they've known each other a while then.
0: Mm-hmm, so they were 12. Yeah. When they first met. They were in a brief relationship by the time she had turned 14, so they, like I said, they had dated. Mm-hmm. During this relationship, Catherine's dad urged her to leave David due to the fact that she was getting in trouble and arrested with him frequently with the local police.
1: Yeah, like we... any father would do.
0: Mm-hmm. And we know David has a track record of getting arrested and getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And Catherine was coming along for the ride. Okay. However, you know, like a lot of teenagers would do, the disapproval from her father of this relationship only made the flame burn brighter.
1: Right. Right.
0: So they kept dating they kept getting in trouble during Catherine's time in prison during her adolescent years. It may have actually done her some good. Okay. During a particularly long stint in prison, the time away from David kind of made Catherine think about her life and, you know, where it was headed. She's like, you know, I'm getting older. I keep getting arrested. This isn't going to turn out well. Like she starts to hit that point in her brain where she's like, maybe my dad is right.
1: Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. There's logic creeping in there.
0: Yes. So, with the encouragement of her parole officer, Catherine began working as a housekeeper for the McLaughlin family, which was a wealthy family in the area. All right. Uh, Catherine actually ended up getting into a relationship with one of the McLaughlin sons, Donald.
1: Okay, upgrades.
0: Upgrades, and they would actually become pregnant. Okay. Catherine would end up marrying Donald McLaughlin on her 21st birthday in 1962. All right. So she's 21, got a husband that comes from a nice family, things are looking up. It's looking good. Yep. Throughout the years, Catherine and Donald would go on to have six more children, so seven in total. Holy shit. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of kids.
0: Unfortunately, their firstborn would be killed by being struck by a car in the driveway right in front of Catherine.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah, it really sucked. Like she was just like holding him as he passed away. It really sucked.
1: That's Yeah, that's horrible.
0: Mm -hmm. And then with this, it left them six children to raise and take care of. Then time keeps moving on, and in 1985, as Catherine is at the hospital recovering from a hysterectomy, just four weeks after giving birth to their final child, mm-hmm. you'll never guess who shows up at the hospital.
1: Mr. David.
0: Mr. David. Yep. He had recently gotten out of prison for his most recent adventure.
1: Did he? Was he at the hospital to see her? Yes. Oh, he shit. shows up
0: to visit her.
1: Oh no, I thought it was like a they ran into each other sort of deal. No,
0: nope. he came to visit her and even though years and children had come between them, they didn't care. What? The flame was reignited.
1: No, 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 no. How did he know he was there? Was she already talking to him then?
0: I'm not sure exactly how that worked or maybe with hospitals back then there wasn't like HIPAA or anything. Okay,
1: well that's fucking weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But he finds her, he goes and sees her, they talk, and ultimately Catherine left her husband Donald and took her six children to move in with David.
1: Holy shit, really? Mm -hmm.
0: By this time, David and his first wife had been divorced, and Tanya is with David's first wife, so she's kind of out of the picture. Oh. Yeah. So it's David, Catherine, and Catherine's six children in this house.
1: God dang, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: While David and Catherine would never officially marry, she did adopt his surname and became Catherine Marie Burney. Okay. So we're going to skip forward a little bit and go to late 1986. Okay. David is employed at a local car wrecker shop, so like an auto body shop. Okay. And James, David's younger brother, the one who David had tried to sleep with in the past that we had talked about. yeah. yeah. Uh, He actually lived with the couple at this time. He had recently gotten out of prison himself for assaulting his six-year-old niece.
1: Oh, fucking hell. So
0: the whole family is fucky. Yeah. And when asked to recall this time, James had some pretty disgusting stories from his time living there with Catherine and David.
1: Mm. So we're
0: going to talk about him. Okay. He reaches for his drink. (laughs) he would later tell reporters that David had a huge pornography collection and he was heavily into super kinky sex. Okay. Which isn't quite surprising because we knew he was doing that back when he was 15.
1: Right. I'm sure that it only got worse.
0: Yeah. However, what was new is James also stated that David wanted sex at least six times a day.
1: Six times a day? Mm Mm-hmm. How do you have time for anything else at that point?
0: I don't know. He even has a job. He works at an auto shop.
1: Oh, my God. Okay.
0: Not only would he have to have sex at least six times a day, he would also inject his penis with cocaine in the tip to make him last longer. What? Yeah.
1: That's and a he, thing?
0: That's a thing for David Verney.
1: Oh, my God. What the... F- and who he, even... Do- how do you even come to that conclusion in your head? You're like, well... I'm-
0: no i don't know how you come to the point in your life where you're like you know i'm gonna inject my penis with cocaine
1: yeah that's just yeah so insane Uh, yeah why why okay you know uh, whatever yeah that's he's a fucking weirdo Mm -hmm. that's weird don't ever do that don't ever do that
0: don't inject your penis with anything yeah
1: don't do yeah i don't feel like i should have to say that to anyone i
0: know. Yeah, he said not only would it make him last longer, but the orgasms were better as well. Okay. I don't know. All right. And then James also said that Catherine would talk about how she wanted to lick David's penis as he had sex with another woman. In front of his brother. Like, under, <sighs> I understand people are into things, and you're into things, and that's cool. Just don't hurt other people.
1: Yeah, um, that sounds normal. That sounds way more normal than injecting your penis with cocaine.
0: Right? But also, why are you talking about this in front of your brother-in-law? Your, yeah, your
1: brother. That's fucking weird. No, thank you. Yep.
0: So for over a year, David and Catherine had been talking and planning about how to make their sexual fantasies that they were both having of rape and murder a reality.
1: They were both having these?
0: Yeah, like he would talk, David would talk about them and Catherine would be like, oh yeah, no, that definitely sounds great. Let's do that. Let's also do this too.
2: Mm. Okay.
0: After about a year of planning and wondering and trying to figure out some details, they would make their dreams a reality. Okay. A woman by the name of Mary Nielsen wandered into the auto shop that David worked at and was looking for tires for her car. All right. As a 22-year-old college student who was also working a part-time job, she was eagerly ready to accept the deal that David was offering her. He told Mary that he could sell her a really cheap, good set of tires, but she would have to go to his home to pick them up. And as a 22-year-old college student with a part-time job and not a lot of money, she agreed and wrote down his phone number. Oh, my God. On October 6, 1986, Mary arrives at the Bernie house to get her tires. David met her at the door, brandished a knife, and threatened Mary and forced her into the house.
1: No, oh my God. I don't trust anybody.
0: I know. I don't either. Yeah. Trust no one.
1: Uh, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: She would be bound, chained to the bed, and raped by David all while Catherine watched.
1: What the hell? Mm-hmm. This is another one of those where these people find each other. Mm-hmm. You know, these weirdos—they like link up.
0: Yeah, I don't know why bad finds bad, but I don't it know. does.
1: That's so weird.
0: After this, the couple then took her to Glen Eagle, Western Australia, where she was raped again, and then David strangled her with a nylon cord. <sighs> David then stabbed her body, with the idea floating in his head that this would help decomposition happen quicker. He says he, quote, read it in a book somewhere, end quote.
1: Okay. What the fuck, man? Yeah.
0: They then buried Mary in a shallow grave and left.
1: That's so horrible. Mm -hmm.
0: Mary was only one year away from receiving her psychology degree at the University of Western Australia, too.
1: That's disgusting. Yep. How the hell are you going to watch somebody do that to another person? I don't know. You're just as sick. Yeah. Yeah, she's Mm mm-hmm none Mm. of it's good no it doesn't sound like a situation where uh, she's scared of him or anything like that she's it sounds like she's into this shit too
0: we're about to get into that okay so they actually the couple actually had a code word for when Catherine had chosen what woman david could have like when they were out and about looking for women If she liked someone. Looking
1: for women for what? For this type of shit?
0: Yeah, for more fantasies and like to keep this game going. They really enjoyed what had happened, what they were doing to Mary, so they decided to do it again.
1: Oh, fuck. Well, I guess I should have saw that one coming. I'm sure it's not just... (laughs) Yeah,
0: with their fantasies, it wasn't a one and done.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So they had a code word for when Catherine had chosen someone David could have. If she liked someone, she would look at David and say, quote, I have the munchies, end quote. And Ew. If, if David liked them, he would respond with, quote, I have the munchies too, end quote.
1: Ugh. God, I just got to chill. That's so fucking gross. Yep. <sighs>
0: so two weeks after the murder of Mary Nelson, David and Catherine Burney would go hunting for another victim. Hmm. So, 16-year-old Susanna Candy was hitchhiking along Sterling Highway in Claremont, Australia.
1: God damn it.
0: She... A little bit about her. She was an outstanding student at Hollywood Senior High School and lived at home with her parents and siblings in Nedlands, Australia. And I know we know where nothing is. Yeah. So... Sterling Highway, where Susanna is hitchhiking in Claremont, is about 30 minutes walking or a three-minute drive to her home in Nedlands, Australia. Okay. So she wasn't that far from home, and if you were to walk it, I Google mapped it, it is you take the freeway the whole way there. Like, you walk on the highway. Okay. Unless you want to add, like, 10 minutes and go side streets the whole way, the quickest is just walking along the freeway. Okay. Okay. Susanna's father was one of the top ophthalmic surgeons in Western Australia. So the couple offer her a ride to where she was going and she must have felt safer since A, there was a woman in the car, and B, they seemed like a normal couple just like out on a drive.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not some creepy guy by himself. Exactly. Yep.
0: However, neither of these were the case, as you can guess. And when Susanna got into the car, she was immediately held at knife point while her hands were tied together. Ugh. She was then taken to the Bernie house on Morehouse Street and chained to the bed and repeatedly raped. Fuck. The couple had Susanna write letters to her family that she had run away and was staying with a friend on the other side of the country.
1: <sighs> God damn it. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what kind of stinks is her family immediately reported her missing. And police, because she's 16 and yada, yada, it's the 80s. The police believed that Susanna was just a runaway. She wasn't missing.
1: Right. It always seems like that when it's a teenager. It definitely should not.
0: It should not, no. The police already believed that when her family received the letters, because the Bernie's actually mailed these letters. Mm-hmm. When her family received them, they didn't believe them. They were like, this is bullshit. Someone made her write these
1: right because she there's no reason for her to do this
0: exactly however when the family received these letters it only strengthened the police's position on oh she did run away here's the proof right so that really stunk after david had finished raping susanna Catherine actually gets in bed with both of them
1: disgusting Mm mm-hmm no
0: and they're like 37 at this point. They're both in their late 30s, and she is 16, too. Mm. So as Catherine gets into bed with these two, they both began assaulting her. Catherine knew performing these acts on these women is what got David's goat going. Yeah. So she was more than willing to comply and do these things.
2: Oh,
1: good Lord. Yeah.
0: So after the ass- second assault had taken place david tried to strangle susanna with a nylon cord like he had done to mary however susanna became hysterical she started screaming thrashing you know fighting for her life yeah this deranged couple had to force sleeping pills down susanna's throat to get her to calm down
1: where the fuck are the kids
0: i looked so much and could not find where the fucking kids
1: were. Where the hell are the children?
0: They must have gone and lived back with Donald or something. What the
1: oh, fuck? Oh Okay.
0: I couldn't find anything of where these children were. So I'm only guessing that they went to go live back with Donald. Like maybe Catherine took him originally. And then when these fantasies started to happen with David and Catherine and things kicked up a notch, they were like, "Ex the kids, like go live with your dad. Because there's no way there are six children in this house with this
1: stuff going on. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm glad the kids aren't there. Same. But also, what the fuck? Yeah. This is disgusting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. After they force sleeping pills down Susanna's throat, she goes to sleep, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. David then puts the cord around her neck. However, instead of strangling her, he urges Catherine to do it. He said, prove your undying love for me by murdering her.
1: Ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, i bet she fucking did it too didn't she she
0: did she complied with his demand oh as he watched and she killed susanna by tightening the cord around her neck
1: horrible mm-hmm.
0: when asked later why she did this she said quote because i wanted to see how strong i was within my inner self i didn't feel a thing it was like i expected i was prepared to follow him to the end of the earth and do anything to see that his desires were satisfied end quote
1: what the fuck is wrong with her?
0: Excuse me while I puke in my mouth.
1: Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm.
0: So after Catherine had successfully murdered Susanna, the couple then took her body to the state forest to be buried in a shallow grave near near Mary Nelson's.
1: This is awful.
0: Mm-hmm. None of it's good.
1: God damn it.
0: On November 1st, 1986, the couple is driving around again and sees 31-year-old Nolene Patterson standing beside her car on the Canning Highway. She had run out of gas while on her way home from her job as a bar manager at the Nedlands Golf Club. It's the oh. same kind of area. Mm-hmm. They offered to take her to go get some gas, and when she accepted and got into the car, the couple's demeanor switched from nice to not so nice. Of course. Nolene had a knife placed to her throat, was tied up, and told not to move.
1: Ugh.
0: She was then taken back to the Morehouse home, where David repeatedly raped her after she had been gagged and chained to the bed. Before picking her up, the Bernies had decided to murder the next victim that night that they picked her up. However, David actually kept her prisoner in the home for three whole days, and there were actually signs that he was forming somewhat of a fucked-up emotional attachment with Nolene.
1: Okay that's uh,
0: yeah like he was getting emotionally attached to her which i mean was okay. keeping her alive it doesn't
1: really sound too great for the because his wife's a, a fucking psycho yeah you know well, they
0: never got married it's not his wife okay whatever his bitch
1: <laughs> yeah his fucking psychotic girlfriend you think she's not a jealous human being Ugh.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what happens. Catherine quickly becomes jealous I fucking this.
1: knew it. I knew it.
0: And she gives David an ultimatum. She tells David either he kills Nolene or she's going to kill herself.
1: Kill herself? Yeah. Or kill her or herself?
0: Oh, no. Either David kills Nolene or Catherine kills Catherine.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Okay.
0: So David immediately responds to this and forces a ton of sleeping pills down Nolene's throat and then strangles her when she becomes unconscious.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: Catherine and David then take Nolene's body to the same forest. However, they bury it away from the other two. So it kind of seems that he did form some sort of attachment to her because he put her in a different spot than the right, other
1: two. right.
0: Before she was fully covered with dirt, Catherine threw sand into her face and reportedly got, quote-unquote, great satisfaction from this.
1: Are, is there anything happening with them, like, tr- like someone trying to catch them? Is there not, like, anything going on? They're not being looked at? We've got no police looking or connecting these things yet, or what?
0: I mean, Susanna's a runaway, according to the police. Right. And the other two are just missing women. Fuck. And they're both different ages. It's a 22-year-old and a 31-year-old. They're not really connecting the dots. There's
1: just... Well, I guess there's not a whole lot to be connected at this point.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, there's no witnesses. The girls get into the cars willingly, so there's nothing to cause a scene. Fuck. They're walking along highways, so it's relatively isolated.
1: I hate this. Like, there's
0: not extra people walking. Okay. Stop hitchhiking, people.
1: Yeah, don't ever do that.
0: On November 5th, just a day after they had killed Noelene, the couple goes out driving again. They come across 21-year-old Denise Brown, who is waiting at a bus stop along Sterling Highway. She was offered a ride by the seemingly nice couple, and she accepted.
2: Okay.
0: However, I bet you can guess what happened next. Once she got in the car, it was the same thing as before. She was held at knife point and driven to the Morehouse house hmm Denise was then chained to the bed and raped. Fuck. The next day, she was taken to Wanneroo Pine Plantation. Hidden by the seclusion of the forest, David raped Denise again in the car, and the couple waited for darkness to come. Once it had, David drugged Denise out of the car, raped her yet again, and stabbed her in the neck.
1: Oh, my God. This fucking guy, I, I need some justice here. I know. Okay.
0: So they begin digging Denise's grave and lay her body in it. To their surprise, Denise actually sits up in her grave, still alive. Holy fuck. Yeah. David then, however, takes an axe, strikes her twice in the head with it, and then they finish covering her body in there. Oh, God it. damn it. A couple more days after. 17-year-old Kate Muir was offered a ride from the seemingly nice couple, David and Catherine Burney. She was headed home after a few drinks with friends, but wasn't, like, drunk enough to be falling over drunk. Okay. She felt safe accepting the ride from a stranger, especially with a woman in the car. Mm -hmm. The couple drove her to her house, and as they pulled up when she tried to get out, she noticed there weren't any handles on the inside of the door. And they said, oh, use the ones on the outside of the door. There were no handles on the outside of the door either. They had
1: taken the door handles off?
0: Yep. At this moment, she realizes something terrible is going to happen to her.
1: No doubt. Yeah.
0: She was then tied up and taken to the Morehouse home.
1: That's just like another step of psychologically screwing with their their victim.
0: Yeah. Literally drove her to her house. She was in front of it. Goes to get out. Nope.
1: Oh, God.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So Kate realized she was in danger and actually asked her captors, quote, are you going to rape me or kill me, end quote. hmm Which must be a terrifying thing to have to ask. Yeah. And the couple chillingly responded with, quote, we'll only rape you if you're good, end quote. Like that's all we'll do to you if you're good.
1: Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah.
0: So once they get to the Morehouse house... The couple quizzes her about things about herself, put a movie in the VHS player, their favorite one, Rambo, and then make her take a shower. Okay. After her shower, they force Kate to partake in marijuana with them. They all get high. She's still kind of drunk.
2: Uh Mm-hmm.
0: And then they made her dance for hours and hours in their living room in front of them, especially to the song Romeo and Juliet by the Dire Straits.
1: Okay, that's fucking weird.
0: Yeah, weird. Uh, Kate's smarts and survival instincts had begun to kick in at this point. She believed that she had a, quote, 200% chance of dying and 5% chance of getting away, end quote.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah, like she was sure she was going to die.
1: hmm
0: At this point. David then chains her to the bed and rapes her while Catherine watched and took notes.
1: Took notes.
0: Yeah, of like what he liked, what position worked better. Oh my god, what a
1: fucking weird... Mm
0: -hmm. They then force her to shower again and chain her back to the bed. Sometime throughout this long night, Kate convinces David and Catherine to give her a pen and paper so she could write out goodbye letters to her family.
1: That's fucking horrible. Mm -hmm.
0: When she was finished... She was left in the room all by herself, so she began screaming in hopes that a neighbor could hear her and come to her rescue.
1: Okay.
0: Unfortunately, David burst in and said, quote, sleeping arrangements have changed, end quote. She was then moved to the master bedroom with Catherine and Bernie, where the rapes continued. After David finished raping her once again, he chained her to his own ankle so that she could not leave and gave her sleeping pills to go to sleep. Oh, my God. Kate believed that if she went to sleep, she would surely die, so she hid the pills underneath her tongue. Smart. When she was sure David was asleep, Kate spit them out and hid them under the mattress. The next morning, Kate was forced to call her parent. She told them on the phone that she had gotten really drunk the night before and had stayed at a friend's home. Okay. Kate didn't have a history of getting too drunk, so she hoped that this would alert her parents. Unfortunately, it did not damn it i know i was like fuck Fuck. david then goes to work at the auto body shop leaving kate alone with Catherine. at this point kate figures she has a 50 50 shot of getting out she only has one captor to deal with at this point right her plan was to befriend katherine and make her drop her guard
1: smart girl
0: however she was unable to do this As someone knocks on the door and draws her captor's attention away, Catherine goes to the front door to answer it. Catherine was allegedly expecting a visit from a drug dealer. At this point, Kate knew this was it. This was her one chance. Catherine had been distracted by the door and had forgotten to secure Kate's restraints.
1: Oh, thank God. Get the fuck out of there. Go, 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 go.
0: Kate drudges up the courage to break the lock on the bedroom window and pushes it open. She falls out the window, lands on her head, and however, even though the landing was rough, she gets up and bolts across the road to the nearest house and began knocking on the door. Good. No answer. Fuck. Kate tries two more doors, but no one answered. Feeling panicked, Kate cuts through a backyard to get even further away, and even though she gets attacked by a dog during her backyard sprint, she makes it to a storefront.
1: Okay, good.
0: Wearing only black leggings and a singlet, she's barefoot. She approaches a man who is standing outside of the store. She said, quote, Help, I've been raped. Please take me inside and call the police. If a woman comes in here and says I've had a fight with her and I'm her daughter don't believe her i've been raped end quote
1: okay good
0: the man then takes kate and speeds to the local police station and allegedly they even like pulled up in a cloud of dust because he like skirted his brakes he was getting her the, Hell yeah. the fuck there
1: good good man damn right mm-hmm.
0: as kate sits down with police and starts talking about everything she detailed the shininess of the chains that bound her, the cold feel and weight of them as they were placed around her, the mustard-colored robe that David wore as he abused her, the movie they watched, the showers, the marijuana, what the house looked like, and the evidence that she had left all around the house. Mm-hmm. Police were, like, taking note of all of this. Some of the evidence that Kate said she left at the house was... As she had been writing the letters to her loved ones, she left a folded piece of paper with her phone, no- her parents' phone number on it and had shoved it into a couch cushion.
1: She's so smart.
0: A lipstick from her purse she stuffed into the couch cushions. The sleeping pills that she didn't swallow were stuck in the mattress
2: uh-huh.
1: with her
0: DNA on them. She even hid a pack of cigarettes in their ceiling.
1: This is all excellent proof here.
0: Yeah. She did all of this on the slim hope that if she did make it out of there, she would be able to prove that she was there. It wouldn't be a he said, she said. She'd go, no, 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 my cigarettes are in the top of the ceiling. I put something in the couch cushion. There's sleeping pills with my DNA under the mattress. And she was touching everything that she could, all the mirrors, all the glass. She was touching anything. She was putting as much of herself. She was pulling her hair out. She was doing everything. She's like, I have been here.
1: Good, good.
0: Uh, Unfortunately, the police officers accused her of making up this story for attention.
1: Get out of here. They did not.
0: They did. Even though she had these specific details and evidence that proved she was telling the truth, they would not listen to it. So they decided to hand this terrified girl off to rookie officer Laura.
1: What the fuck, man?
0: It is Laura's first statement she has ever taken in her police career, and they originally told Officer Laura to go in there and write her up for making a false statement.
1: What the hell is happening here?
0: So, I know. Just hang in with me, okay? Okay, I'm... I'm... Hang in with me. Okay. When Officer Hancock is asked about this later on, she says, quote, the instructions I was given when Kate was brought to me I to- I was told that it was a bizarre story and to stitch her up for a false report. I will never forget those words. I have lived with those words for 30 years, End quote. Although David and Catherine had used fake names around her, Kate was so sharp in those moments of terror that she actually took note of and remembered the name she had seen on a prescription pill bottle lying on the kitchen table, David Burney. Wow. Officer Hancock believed... Officer Laura believed her Thank at God. this point. She was like trying to get the other officers to take her seriously. There's like, there's, she was saying things like, there's no way she'd have this many details if it was bullshit.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Hello. Yeah.
0: It wasn't until Officer Laura mentioned that Kate had said David Bernie that they started listening. David Bernie had an extensively long rap sheet He was well-known by law enforcement in the area for being in and out of prison for crimes that also included the attempted rape of an elderly woman that we had talked about. Yeah. So they go, oh, oh, fuck, she's telling the truth. Get her back in here. So then other cops go talk to her.
1: Go get him.
0: they have a rookie on her first day taking her statement.
1: Thank God that woman listened to her.
0: I know. I'm so glad they did. I can't imagine... What would have happened if they hadn't?
1: Ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's get these fucks into custody. Yeah. What do you do say?
1: Absolutely. 100%. I'm so ready.
0: Catherine had burned all the evidence when she'd realized that Kate had escaped.
1: Well, she couldn't have burned all the evidence. She didn't know where all of it was, right?
0: However, she didn't know about the evidence that Kate had secretly left behind. Ah, beautiful. So the police go there and they find the pieces of paper that Kate slipped in the couch cushions, the sleeping pills under the bedroom mattress.
1: Oh, I would I would pay money to see their face, you know what I mean, when they're pulling out all this evidence that they didn't even know was there. They're like, "What the fuck is that?" It's like, "Yeah, that's right. David's at work." Well, Catherine then. Yeah. You know, I uh, yeah, she's like, I know. What, "What what is that? What's that?" She was like, "There's a piece uh... of paper in there." Yeah. Cigarettes in my ceiling? Yeah. Yeah. Get fucked.
0: Pretty much. Uh, Thanks to Kate, the police were able to arrest the couple and knew they were connected to the other missing girls as well.
1: Fantastic.
0: So they get brought in for questioning, and eventually they crack and reveal the locations of all of their previous victims, too. They're like, oh, yeah, we did. We kidnapped Kate. We did all the shit to her. We also did it to these other four.
1: Awesome. That's great. She's a hero.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bernies then led police to the graves of Mary Nielsen, Susanna, Noelene, and Denise.
1: Okay. So now is there, I'm just going to take a wild guess. There's going to be some sort of trial for this.
0: Yeah. Let's go to trial.
1: Okay. Let's go to trial. But let me tell you right now, they turn on each other now.
0: So I don't have many details about the trial itself. I do have details about the sentencing though. So we're just going to skip right to the sentencing for these folks.
1: Okay, I'm just surprised that that it wasn't a all of a sudden I'm scared of him and he made me do these things situation.
0: You know, I don't think that ever came up. Because this mm. is around the time where she says I did this because I was going to follow him to the ends of the
1: earth. Fucking weird. Okay. Mm.
0: So In 1987, not only David, but also Catherine are sentenced to four consecutive life terms in prison. Okay. With Western Australia laws, it looks a little different than here in America.
1: Okay, I hope it's worse then.
0: So what it looks like is after 20 years of being incarcerated, they are able to apply for parole and are able to apply for parole every three years after that.
1: Okay, not worse then.
0: Not worse, and that was in 1987. Mm Mm-hmm. On October 7th, 2005, Mr. David mm-hmm. was found to have killed himself by hanging.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to tell me he was out. I was going to f- flip out.
0: He had actually hung himself from an air vent in his cell using a length of cord. Wow. Some nice icing on this fucky horrible cake that we don't want a piece of. Catherine was not allowed to go to David's funeral. Okay. And she like requested to go and they were like, ha, get fucked.
1: Yeah, no. You don't hell no.
0: Yeah. So since being incarcerated, Catherine has tried to change the public image of her. She has found work as a prison librarian and even appears in a prison production of nonsense. Hmm. Yeah. In two thousand and seven, her twenty years had passed, so she applied for parole. Yeah. This was denied. And the Western Australia Attorney General at the time, Jim McGinty, stated that Catherine's release was very unlikely while he remained in office.
1: Damn right. All right. Good.
0: Her case was set to be reviewed again in 2010, you know, so three years later. Mm-hmm. However, in 2009, that changed. Upon a new Attorney General coming in, Christian Porter, he hey. followed requests from the victims' families and deemed Catherine Verney to, quote, stay in jail for her life, end quote.
1: Fantastic.
0: This decision makes her only the third woman in Australian history to have her papers marked never to be released.
1: Third woman in history in you know, Australia. Yeah. Holy cow. They're well, they. she's a good one to do it to.
0: Yep. So she can still apply for parole. During these times.
1: Yeah. They just take the paperwork and put it right in the shredder. Yeah, they wipe their asses with it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) So Catherine appeals this decision in March of 2010 for having her papers marked, never to be released. Mm -hmm. However, they go to Christian Porter and he goes, nope, fuck you. Shoots it down.
1: Hey, this is, I I did this. Yeah. Yeah. Hell no.
0: Exactly. In 2016, Catherine's fourth bid for parole is declined. It was also in this year that Kate Muir began a campaign to end Western Australia's laws that automatically put their convicts up for parole every three
1: years. Oh, wow.
0: Since starting this, Kate states that Catherine has not reapplied for parole. Strange. Because she's able to do it every three years. But ever since Kate started this campaign, Catherine hasn't applied. Interesting. In 2017, Catherine's youngest son, Peter, actually called for her execution. He stated that his association with her has led to him being attacked and assaulted.
1: Well, that sucks.
0: Yeah. He states that he fully supports Kate's campaign. And when asked what he would say to his mother if he were to talk to her one last time, he answered, Hurry up and die quickly. End quote damn that's cold yeah she deserves it
1: oh absolutely but so that's crazy
0: yeah and to kind of wrap it up in a really fucky bow david's daughter from his first wife tanya Mm -hmm. has since never married nor had any children and when asked about why she had this to say she said quote i don't want to spawn another david bernie end quote
1: oh my god
0: These two people fucked up so many generations.
1: Oh, yeah. Good lord, what a fucking crazy... Yeah. Bunch of shit.
0: So that is the Morehouse murders. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's a good ending. Yeah. Is there any way we can help with any of that?
0: So while we can't sign the petition or help out that way, there is a GoFundMe that we'll put in the show notes
1: okay go fund me for
0: kate's activism work because not only is she pushing for the change in this law she's also campaigning for harsher penalties for violent crimes such as murder rape pedophilia assault and incest in western australia okay so she's really just kind of become an advocate for the whole and caboodle.
1: fantastic we'll make sure to put that in there then yeah okay
0: If you want to stay up to date to everything happening at Late Night Murder, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Late Night Murder Podcast, as well as Twitter at LN Murder Podcast. And if you want more content than what you're getting normally, be sure to head on over to Patreon, where you have access to bonus content. And even joining now, you'll get access to the entire back catalog that we've already released. So. If you're into it, do it.
1: Yep, the show will always be free, but you're always welcome to check it out.
0: If you enjoyed listening to the telling of that story, be sure to rate and review. We love seeing all of the reviews and everything. You know, the stars are for the charts and the words are for us.
1: You can listen to Late Night Murder podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And
0: we are so excited to see you next week when we talk about Bon Marie Mountain.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.